Shegulola Salami. It's the Shegulola Salami show, a podcast show set in a virtual cafe. Um, I think we're in 2019. Um, how is everyone? And I hope and I pray everyone that was with me in 2018, you all made it into 2019. Um, so I wish all of you a fantastic, I should have done this last week, shouldn't I? But anywho, it's better late than never. Um, I'm sort of hoping my 2019 will be considerably better than my 2018. But anywho, um, hopefully we've got lots of interesting folks um, in the cafe um, every week now. Um, so who have I got here with me today? I'm Chad Morgan, author of The Last Right. Hello, Chad. Howdy. How are you? Uh, doing good. We just got off of Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. So, look, so now we're knee deep in Black Friday today. So yes. there's a whole nother, whole nother adventure today. <laughs> well, everyone, I think you sort of get it. You know, the show is pre-recorded. So this episode is recorded when? So November. And I think you're going to be listening to it in January. I'm not sure the date it will be out, but, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, so tell us about yourself, Chad. Well, I'm 47. I live here in Southern California. And I live here with my, my wife and my 10-year-old boy and my mother. Mm-hmm. And during the day, I'm working on making video games. And at night, I'm usually either working on my project for The Last Rite or I'm working on my next book. All right. Okay. What sort of projects do you do for your book? Uh, for the next book? Well, you um, said you're working on your project for The Last Oh, book. yes. Well, the, ra- the Last Rite originally started as a, an idea for a computer animated horror series. So, oh, right. so we started with, with 12 scripts. And we, uh, I did some odd jobs on the side to save up some money, got a cast together, got them, flew them all down, except for, for Edwin. Edwin was the only one that wasn't here in person because he was from Australia and that was just too cost, cost, uh, uh prohibitive. Uh, but we got everybody else, uh, down for a week, uh, rented out a recording studio and recorded all 12 episodes. Um, and so we started working on, on this computer animated project. Uh, setting up the characters and and the sets and everything like that, uh, but we never could get the the project funded. We could never get the project to a state where we could, um, you know, pitch it to somebody. And I had all this work done, and I wanted to showcase it. And so it kind of dawned on me. I said, "Well, why don't we turn this into an audio book?" So I took um, mute that stupid thing. So I took all the cast recordings and I took all 12 scripts. I converted it to a novel and then I recorded the narration for the book and interspliced all the cast recordings into the narration. Um, so hopefully we have, uh, um, it's a 14 hour audiobook, and hopefully it's a very unique audiobook experience because it's done by a full cast, but it's not done as a, uh, radio play type thing, which is a lot of these full cast ones are, are usually done as. So it still reads as a book. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Well, so I'm a bit confused though. When you said you rented out a studio and most of you were there, what exactly did you guys then do in the studio? Why couldn't you use that material? Or was it just audio you did when you rented out the studio? It was just audio. 
um, all the all the action and everything's being done on the computer. It doesn't exist yet, and I've been working on that uh, over the past several years, uh, trying to get a little bit done, a little bit more every week. Um, but I felt like we had a really good story here, and I wanted to get it out there. And uh, again, I had a, a very talented cast that did a very excellent performance. And so I wanted to get it out to the public. I felt like I owed it to them. That's why the book is actually dedicated to the cast. Right. Okay. Um, see, I'm sorry. It's just, I have to be able to visualize stuff. And so I'm not visualizing so just because, you know, when, you know, I don't normally get authors come on the show, um, come in the cafe and say they've rented out a studio and they're doing stuff. So just talk me through what actually happened in the studio. So, was it, did you guys just record audio or did you start doing the sequence on the computer? What exactly did you do? Yeah, we just recorded audio. Uh, and just imagine if it was done like an audio book where you have people coming in, we had the mic set up hmm. and it was, it was, um, so what we would do is we would go in the morning and we, we, uh, we had an empty room where we would go through the scripts that we were going to record that morning and we rehearsed it. And then in the afternoon we recorded and what was really nice about that is we would have up to four actors in the booth at once. So they got to play off of each other. Normally you don't do that. You record your lines individually. So they're, they're cleaner. Um, yeah. but we, we had them interacting with each other so that their, their performances came across way more natural. I see what you mean. Um, okay. Okay. No, that makes sense. And then what about the computer side of things? Who was going to do that? That so far is still all me, and that's why it's taking so long, and that's why it wasn't uh, progressing as fast as I wanted to. So that's why I decided that I was going to take all this work and and uh, repackage it as an audio book, so that way uh, I can get something done. Because it just it just was becoming a mountain of work that um, individually it was just um, I was drowning in it. And I wanted to, to, to do something with all this talent that I had. Not right. my talent, their talent. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so your background, are you a computer animator? Is that a job title? It is a job title. I'm actually um, more of a uh, character TD, which is sort of a precursor to an animator. Um, I set things up for the animator to animate if that right. makes any sense. Yes, okay. But can you animate though? Um, can I? Yes. Am I very good at it? Well, probably not as good as a lot of other people I know, but I'm pretty self-critical. Okay, okay. So, no, I know you said you you couldn't get the funding, um, but then if it was something that you can do for yourself, why didn't you do it? Or did you just want to get someone who was considerably better at it than you? Uh, you mean in terms of animating? Yes. Uh, well, keep in mind, animating is just one part. Uh, it, the computer is a blank slate. It's sort of like painting on a blank canvas. Mm. Uh, you have to build the models, you have to rig the characters, you have to animate, you have to render everything. Um, I mean, I got a, a, a big, huge machine here. I spent about 10 grand on, um, uh, back when I had money to spend on 10 grand machines, just, to, <laughs> just to render out these images. It took me two years to pay it off. I mean, it's just, it's huge. Um, in terms of its power. Uh, but it just, it just, it takes time. Um, and when you're only, 
you know, even if I had a full team of animators, it would take the better part of a year to do the entire series. Um, so my goal was just to make a small snippet of it, uh, get it polished up and say, this is what the final thing is going to look like. And then try to sell that as, you know, here's a piece of it. Now give me money. I can do the whole thing. Um, but even the small snippet is still been a astronomical amount of work. And in fact, I actually put the whole thing aside for the better part of a year to do this audio book. Um, because it took, as usual for me, I, I bit off way more than I can chew. Uh, and it turned out to be way much bigger of a project than I had intended it to be. But I think it came out really well in spite of all that. Okay. No, I think the process sort of now makes sense um, to me. And, you know, um, well, okay. So why I was quite interested, you know, in your story and just making sure that I understood it was because before I became a writer, right, um, when I was, when my daughter was first born, um, so I was sort of putting together some folk tales, you know, that my mom used to tell my daughter, I'm not my daughter, my sister and I, um, and so I was sort of putting it down. I was just sort of jog writing it down from memory so that when my daughter was then a bit older, I can then sort of remember everything. So I was trying to just put it down as I remembered. And then I had, next to my knew, I had like several stories. And I thought, oh, you know what? There aren't a lot of um, African animations, like, you know, folk tales. And it would be so cool um, to be able to do that. Um, so I got a animator um through this website called people per hour and it's just like it's kind of like fiverr um but unfortunately the person that i got didn't really couldn't interpret the character the way i wanted it to be so i had to um i had to um you know sort of just let go of it just because i couldn't afford a more expensive animator who might be able to um or possibly, you know, understand what it was I was trying to uh, achieve. And that's literally, and so I was having a conversation with someone and that's how I ended up with my first um, children's book called Yates and the, uh, um, the Life and Times of a Yoruba Girl in London, because I actually wanted to do this animation series instead, but because I couldn't afford to pay an animator, I decided to then put it in a, you know, in a children's book, you know, so that was sort of like our unique uh, link to each other. And that was why I was quite interested to hear um, how your own story panned out. But considering that you do have some skills, I mean, what about sort of doing a trailer? Did you do a trailer or not? Um, for the book? There's, there's actually a trailer for the book. Uh, no, no, I meant years. an animation, maybe a 30 second ah. one. Um, do, 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 do. well, right now I'm trying to, uh, do, uh, like a pilot episode Okay. and, um, I'm trying to trim it down to about half of one episode. Okay. Um, and in fact, what I've been doing is I've been posting my progress up on our Facebook page every week just to kind of show people, Hey, look, this is how crappy it looks now. <laughs> and next week it gets a little better. Um, I, and that's actually what I posted about two or three weeks ago because I had a segment that I had been working on and it got progressively good and it's about maybe about 80% of the way there where I want it to be Yeah. and I'm like okay well I'm going to start working on another piece then 
um, because you can just polish until your arms fall off, you know, and it'll never be right. Um, at some point you just got to say good enough and start working on the next piece. Yeah. And then, then you come back to it about a month later and like, Oh, what was I thinking? And then you go back to it again. Um, so I started working on another piece and so I posted it just where it is now. And it's just God awful. It'll make your eyes bleed. I mean, it's just, um, like, you know, characters are popping in and out and they're, they're teleporting and everything like that. I mean, it's just, it, it's just nonsense. Um, but it's just kind of a rough, it, it's not even a rough draft. It's like an outline of what the animation is going to be. Yeah. And, and so little by little, I start cleaning it up and adding more to it, adding more detail. Then at some point I start getting the facial animation in. So, so the characters actually talk and they look at each other. And once I get it to that point, then I put that aside and I start working on the next section. Fabulous. Now, I, everyone, anyone who's listened to this, I'm going to tell you, right, animation is not easy at all, no. right? Because no. I went to get, because I'm, I'm a doer, right? I believe in trying my hands at something before I decide whether, you know, I'm good at it or not. Or, you know, I believe in trying something because the only way you know whether or not you're going to be good at something is to actually do it right? Um, and I'm not really good at listening to people just talk at me, right? I prefer to just sort of get my hands dirty and just start. So I went to download this software called, um, I think it's Blender. Yes. Yeah. So I went to get, and then I was looking at it and I was doing stuff and I'm like, uh, nothing's happening. And I'm there and I'm like, okay, nothing's happening. I'm trying all these things and nothing's happening. Um, on my computer, there's a 3D app in it already. And then I'm there and I think I managed as well. I managed to get a face, but then I still couldn't manage to get it to do anything. And I'm like, oh, you know what? This one, you actually need to be thought, you know, taught how to do this, right? So yeah. whatever it is that you're doing, I am sure it is considerably better than what the average person who walks off the street can do. So where is this Facebook page? What is this Facebook page called? If someone wants to go and sort of nose around and see what you're up to. Uh, it should be Spectral Ink Prod. I couldn't get productions for some reason. Uh, so it's Spectral as in Ghost, Ink as in what you draw with, and then uh, P-R-O-D. That should be the Facebook page. Fabulous. Okay, so Spectral Ink Pod. Prod. Prod. Okay, Spectral Ink Prod. Okay, perfect. Right. So, okay, we know, we know where that is now. Um, okay, so when you then decided to get your book out there, how did you do it? Where, did you self-publish or did you go with, uh, um, with the publisher? No, I, I self-published. Um, I went through uh, KDP for the Kindle and then create space for the paperback. And just recently, I found out that you can do the hardcover through Nook Press. Okay. Uh, so I, I ported it over to, to Nook, so you can get it on the Nook now as well as the Kindle. And the hardcover should actually go on sale as of today. And I mean today as in like real today, not when you're because <laughs> I know this is going to air in, in like January, but uh, today's like the 23rd of, of November. It should actually go on sale today. Right. Okay. Perfect. Um, so from the 23rd of November, um, what's the book called? It's called The Last Rite. Okay. And did you use your real name or a pen name? No, I used my name, uh, Chad Robert Morgan. 
Right. Okay, cool. So tell us about the story. So now we know the background to it. Um, so tell us, you know, um, again, just sort of remind, remind us, because I know you said it was something about horror. Yes. Yes. Um, so what, at the start of the book, our main character, Daniel, gets a phone call and he finds out that not only has the love of his life that disappeared 10 years ago, um, not only has she died, but she survived by a daughter. And, it, you know, and it's his daughter. He does the, the whole DNA test and everything. And so now he's um, jumped into the deep end. He's, he's instant father now. And so he goes to pick her up and he's reconciling all these different emotions. Uh, you know, is he ready to be a father? Does he deserve to be a father? Um, what does this mean for, for his relationship with this, this, this woman who, who is now gone? And as he's trying to deal with all this, um, they take a detour into a town that is no longer on the map. It's kind of faded off into kind of a pocket dimension and the two of them become pawns in this battle for trying to start or stop the apocalypse. And so it's this big, huge supernatural war and they're stuck in the middle of it. And the whole thing revolves around and ends up uh, centering on how far is a father going to go to save a daughter he's never known. I really, I really wanted to explore um, the ideas of, of parenthood, of, of fatherhood, if, if those paternal fig, uh, feelings were uh, kind of ingrained on you or if you had to kind of evolve over time, uh, yeah. you know, nature versus nurture kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, those are the kind of uh, feelings that um, kind of goes through uh, the main character, Daniel, as he, uh, as he searched for, for his daughter in this town. Oh, did she go missing? Yeah, about uh, maybe about a quarter of the way through the book, um, he wakes up and she's just gone mm. and has no idea why. Uh, you know, very supernatural bump in the night kind of thing. And so he's actually, you know, right after that, um, he's alerted to a message and some strange, mysterious uh, people in business suits are telling them, it's like, hey, uh, you want to leave? You can leave. Just uh, forget you have a kid. You know, just wow. go. And so he's got a choice to make. Does he risk his life to save a daughter that he just met, who actually doesn't really like him that much at this point? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, she just lost her mother. She's been uh, handed off to this guy who's basically a stranger to her. Um, in fact, there's actually a quote in the book where he meets her for the first time. He kneels down and says, I, I guess I'm your dad. I don't know what to say. And she just says, I'm not allowed to talk to strangers. Out. I know, you know, so he's got that decision to make. He's got that carrot dangling on him. To, you know, he could just go back to the real world, avoid all the monsters coming out to attack him and everything like that. Or he can continue to risk his life for this, this nine-year-old girl that he just met. And so that is, and that temptation is constant. It comes up over and over again. Um, because again, how, what would a parent do to save a child? And then as a, as a father myself, you know, I mean, I got a 10 year old. I've been here since he was born. I of course would do, I'd move heaven and earth for, for my kid as I'm sure you would hmm. for yours. What parent wouldn't, but if the, 
if the child, if you never met the child before, would you feel the same way? Would you still have that maternal or paternal instinct? And, and that's what I was kind of ex- wanting to explore in the book. Right. Okay. So how did you write or how did you make it horror? What was going through your mind when you were trying to make it horror? Uh, well, this is more of a creature feature. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, there, there was an interesting um, uh, YouTube channel, uh, which deals with um, computer games. Uh, talks about the theory of, of the crafting behind computer games and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, one of their episodes talks, talked about horror and I just would watch it over and over again um, where they kind of broke down horror into the, to the three tenets. You have the, the, uh, the self, uh, the uncanny and the unknown. Okay. And, and so I try to work all those elements into it where um, in terms of the self, you want to have that kind of darkness of the character reflected back into him, you know, his own personal trauma, you know, and that's where he starts going along with, you know, do I deserve to be a father? Because he's got, you know, his own demons he's trying to deal with. Yeah. Uh, then you have the uncanny where you deal with things that look kind of human, but aren't quite human things that are just normal, but not normal. They're just a little bit off that uncanny Valley feeling. And then you yeah. have the stuff that's just totally nut bar uh, out there. And that's when I really went to town in uh, trying to describe the monsters that, that now infect this town. Okay. And, um, and again, it, it was originally designed as a 12 episode series. So it, I tried to write it in, in a serialized manner. So the, the scripts kind of had a tendency to, to work up to cliffhangers on their own anyway. And so I think that kind of helped when I turned it into a book uh, because the, 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 it gave the chapters really nice kind of nice places to end on and, and get that feeling that wanted you to come back for the next chapter, if you know what I mean. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, that sounds, it sounds really interesting that like, you know, something that I would like to read myself, um, you know, because it's sort of those questions. And I think, you know, someone did say to me, I think I had a horror author come once um, and he said that with horror, it's that sense of loss or that sense of fear. That's kind of like what, if you're able to deliver it, that's kind of like what brings that horror, that scary feeling um, so I guess, you know, with this dad trying to make this decision, um, and, you know, it's sort of something that other parents might be asking themselves, what if, what if? Mm-hmm. And then of course you also have the whole like mystery of what is actually happening in this town, which is a whole nother subplot into the book as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, um, that's amazing. So um, when do you think you're hopefully going to finish this um, semi-episode that you're working on and trying to get an animation off? <laughs> uh, at this rate, um, probably about the day when I die is when I'm <laughs> going to stop. Um, um, I, I don't know. Uh, again, I'm, uh, I make progress little by little. Um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, 
and the rendering is what takes the longest time, actually getting the, the computer to churn out the, the actual images. Um, so my hope is that I won't actually finish it by the time I can pitch it to somebody. I, I, hopefully I'll get it to enough of a final state that I don't actually have to finish it before I can start convincing people that it's worth doing. Um, Quick question though. Are you, so to pitch it to someone, so for instance, if I was going to pitch, say, one of my books, right? I'm not an animator. I wouldn't, you know, even attempt to do it. So wouldn't you be pitching them on the story rather than on the quality of your animation skills? Well, that was part of the hope with the book is that, um, again, working on the animation project, I was just banging my head against the wall. And I was like, I need to do something different. Um, and so my hope was that, yeah, once I got the story out, maybe it would garner enough attention that, um, you know, people would, would be more interested. The way I told the cast, I, I figured this is a, a, either way, this, this was a win, getting, once I got the audio book out there. Because uh, the audio book was the ultimate goal. The book was a, a precursor, a prerequisite for the audio book. Because okay. um, I really wanted to show, showcase the, the talents of, of the cast. And the way I told them, I said, look, um, worst case scenario, nobody buys the thing, but you've got something that you can put on your IMDB page or, or, or point to somebody saying, this is what I accomplished. I did this. I was part of this. Um, best case scenario, the book will garner enough attention uh, or enough sales that it will either fund the project, which is a long shot, or will get attention of somebody who can fund the project. And then we could actually finally get this thing off the ground. The in-between was that it made enough of um, enough money in sales to allow us to continue doing this as audiobooks. And then at that point we would just forget the animation and just keep doing it as an audiobook series, uh, which I would be fine with if it made that much money. Uh, because the first one was done with as a full cast, uh, I would want to continue the series as that. And that to me right now is the biggest kind of hurdle that I have to get over is yeah. that it's got to, it, it's got to make enough money to warrant putting that much money into the next one. Yeah. Um, so that that one's going to be a tough hill to climb, to be honest. The next book, I probably will not do that again, just because it's just too expensive to do it that way. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I mean, I never really intended it to, I, I, again, I'm kind of doing the audiobook backwards. I, I, I did it as a totally different project. And then I, I, I rolled that into this. So it's, it's really kind of a backwards project uh, process for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And hopefully, you know, um, any of the listeners, you know, who are listening to you, um, would, would enjoy, you know, um, you know, the story or they would enjoy what you've said so far and it make, make them want to contact you. And who knows, someone might want to contribute. Are you on Patreon? I think that's where some people go to do donations and stuff. Not at this point. Uh, I've been thinking about starting one, to be honest, uh, either a Patreon or GoFundMe. I haven't done that yet, though. If I do, okay. though, I, I definitely would post it on my Facebook page. So if you follow us on the Facebook page and I do go that route, you'll, you'll definitely see it from there. I'll, I will 
blast it on my Facebook page to uh, until Facebook goes away. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. So remind us, what is your the name of your Facebook page again? Uh, it is Spectral Ink Prod, uh, short for Productions. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter on Spectral Ink. Hmm. Okay, fabulous. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure um, having you. Um, I'm going to come to that time of the day where I'm going to have to kick you out from my virtual cafe. But before I do that, do you have any final words of wisdom to share with the listeners? Uh, the only thing I would say is if you are interested in writing, then just write. Um, just keep going at it. I've been writing since I was in junior high school. And I'm 47 now and uh, write for yourself. Don't write because you want to be the next JK Rowling or whatever. Um, write for yourself. And if you got one person that likes your book, then consider it an accomplishment. You know, you, you've, you've done what you set out to do. Fabulous. Fabulous. It's been an absolute pleasure having you, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, anyone who's listening. I hope you've enjoyed listening to chat. Um, well, until next time, it's me, Shagilola Salami, and it is the Shagilola Salami show. I hope to catch you again next week. Bye now.